0: uh ladies and gentlemen boys and girls friends beyond the binary my patron peeps uh you know I'm telling the regular listeners this i want to tell it to you it's you know it's nice to be important but it's important to be nice you don't got to be nice all the time and you don't got to be super nice but you know give it a shot uh especially with yourself uh, pat your hands give yourself a high five or if you want to be like scoots kick kiss yourself in the mirror uh it's, thanks for supporting the show let's keep it going uh, hey, you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, this is Sleep With Me, the podcast that's here to put you to sleep. Uh, we do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights and press. play. Well, I'm going to do the rest, what I'm going to do is create a safe place where you can set aside whatever's keeping you awake, whether it's uh, thoughts uh, chasing through your brain, uh, feelings uh, like emotions... Uh, sensations, uh, you know, RNA, DNA, like, because uh, it is true, gene, you know, genetic stuff. Gene, if you're sleeping in jeans, I don't know about that. Uh, I would not recommend it. Or in denim in general, especially those denims have those like. I don't. This isn't. I'm not saying this to be funny, but like, what's up with the like little tiny nipples on on denim jeans? Are those? I think they're technically called rivets by people that know what they're talking about. But you can't, that's another reason you shouldn't sleep in denim. And I mean, seriously dangerous to zippers to start with. Uh, then those uh, rivet nipples, whatever you want to call them, brass in general. And then, you know, denim's just very uh, constricting. It's just not conducive to it could, Yeah, it could chafe. Like so, don't. If you're sleeping in denim, I'll try to put you to sleep. But I would say take. You know, you could take it off. I could. I'll talk while you do that. Go ahead and take it off if you would like. Now, if you're if you're a cowboy and you're out on what are where are cowboys at? out out on the range, uh, uh, you know, then I don't know what to tell you because you if you think you're going to have to hop on your horse, you should probably think about leaving. I mean, like, then you'd be too warm if you had sheepskin or sheer skin. You know, that stuff like uh, wool on the inside of your jeans. That wouldn't be good either. It'd be comfortable for a time until you get warm. Anyway, I'm I'm in the middle of a podcast intro. Excuse me, uh, cowboy. Excuse me, uh, cowpoke. Cowpersons. uh, Cowfriends. Actually, cowpokes and cow and friends... If you're poking cows, I guess you're not a cow friend. Please stop, actually. Oh, that's just a term. Okay, let me get back to this podcast intro. Thank you. Sorry, a couple, I guess some, I don't know if they're cattle rustlers. They're in my brain, in denim, trying to go to bed. But if you're new here, so like, okay, I'm going to send my, I'm going to try to create a safe place. I created one so safe, a bunch of, uh. Yeah, yeah, that just happened. But, so I'm going to try to create a – I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I think I said that, but I'm going to use the lulling, soothing, creaky, dulcet tones. I'm going to chase my thoughts around like a cowpoke. Or if I had a tail, I would be – you know, that would be my hobby, chasing my tail around. Believe me, I call that therapy. but uh, Or in a hobby also. That's paid, though, so I don't think that's a hobby. It's, that's an investment. Uh, so if you're new here, here's the thing about this podcast. Yes, it's a little bit different. It's, uh, I'll tell you about the structure, but here's the thing. You don't really need to listen to me. I'll just be here to keep you company and barely distract you. Uh, just enough so you can drift off into sleep. But, but also, you shouldn't feel any pressure to fall asleep. I'll be here at least an hour, and I'll be keeping you company. So we got you got that going for you. I'm a bit of a goofball. Structurally, the show starts out with about five six minutes of business or so if you're new, you didn't- you know you don't really need it might have been disorienting. We've got to do it at the front of the show because it's a sleep podcast uh time stamps are in there to skip the intro which we're in now. If you're a regular listener, it can't like tell you how important it is when you touch your refrigerator tomorrow uh, to look at your body. to say who who sponsored last night's episode of Sleep with me. Right when your hand hits that refrigerator, like, think about that. Or say, Geez, well, I'm a patron. I don't, you know. So, okay, so so then there's an intro if you're new. That's what I was going to tell you next. And that's about 12 minutes, and we're maybe four minutes into that. Kind of a show within a show. There are the timestamps. Some a small portion of listeners like to skip the intros. And that's cool, like, because they want to get right to the story or the Star Trek talk tonight. But a lot of listeners, it's part of their routine. It's familiar, but I also like mismanage the intros, so they get a little bored giggles. I call it giggle spritz, like I'm spritzing your pillow with giggles, because uh, it's not quite a giggle I give you. It's like a, a spritz of giggle, you know, just like like the difference like if you're with cleaner, they don't have spritz always and cleaner, they have spray and stream you have to do your own spritz by, I don't know if you thought you'd learn this tonight, but here's a, you know, I, I did I did clean apartments for a few years, you know, when I was going to school. You know, just a spritz is like a multiple half trigger. That's a good spritz. Uh, and if you get the right bottle, like a, like a higher end bottle, you know, you can, with a fully adjustable nozzle, you can get it down to a nice spritz spray. So the humor is just like that, just like a cleaning product uh, or a thing to distribute cleaning products. Uh, so that's it. so we'll do the intro. I'll be talking for that for a while. I'll be rambling. It won't make much sense. Uh, so if you're new, that's another thing. Podcast doesn't make much sense. Also counterintuitive, but it's friendly, just like those cowpokes were. I'm sure they would offer us some pork and beans or, you know, spot by the fire, you know, uh, denim. They'd say, they'd say I never knew... I never met a man who called it a, de- a denim nipple, but uh, you're still welcome here. And that's the same thing with so I'm glad you're here. That's what I always say, because I hope I can help you fall asleep, because I've been there. Uh, sleeveless and tossing and turning and chasing my thoughts around. That's what this episode is, the the chase. And it can feel like that for me a lot of times at bedtime. And as soon as I get into that chase, uh, it's really tough to get out of them, trying to figure stuff out or relive past memories or plan for unforeseen events that I'm trying to see and plan for, you know, they call it like, there's something called being proactive. This is not it when, when it's me, it's like, uh, it's pro destructive, but there's, there needs to be one other, uh, thing in there. You know what I mean? How come they don't have a word for that? Like where you're pre-planning, so obsessively about stuff like you're predicting the future which you can't do if or at least I can. I'm not or I'm not good at it. It's, and so then I can stay up all night chasing that around. And it's it's really some parts of me that are trying to help. You know, they're trying to problem solve, but they're kind of leftovers from childhood. So they don't have giant toolboxes. I mean just like a dog. It says, well, what the heck else am I going to do? I could chase this tail around or, you know, even, and this is no offense to dogs, non-bright dogs, but they say, what the heck is that thing behind me? I'm just going to keep chasing it. I mean, that is what I'm like 90% of the day and the night. I say, what the heck is that thing? I got to put it like, a. it's sometimes it's behind me and sometimes it's in front of me and I'm chasing it. Like mostly intellectually and emotionally instead of actually chasing it. But I say, oh boy, what the heck is that thing? Where'd it come from? I, like, I'm sure a dog is like, how did that thing get in here? What, What is that? The dog's in it, like, it's like, I think it wants me to chase it. It's wagging so friendly. So it's friendly, but it always, oh, it's saying chase me. Holy cow, this thing's fast. I can't even catch up with it. Now, I've never had a dog that chases her own tail. I've always had, uh, dogs and they have always been female dogs, uh, And they've never, except for, you know, under certain conditions, like where their tail's itching. Maybe once, like, maybe this was in an encyclopedia Brown where the dog had peanut butter on its tail. But most of the time the dog, but I have been around dogs that have chased their own tail. And, oh, boy. And this was before YouTube. It was like, uh, like, I bet you, it could have been like, well, I know YouTube's going to make it. Like, uh, because I've seen a dog chase its tail. And cats probably do stuff like that we never see. Boom, YouTube. There it is. That's YouTube. And then somebody said babies do stuff like that, too, that you don't. They forget. Oh, yeah, boom, there's another YouTube. Uh, and then there's tons of funny, talented people that have outlet. But, uh, you know, it was mostly like it all started with someone like that could take dog chasing its tail to the next level. Now, here I am with this podcast. I'm kind of doing the opposite. I'm saying whoosh. Chasing that tail, huh? Guess what? It's two in the morning. I'm friggin' trying to sleep. Could you just stop chasing that tail? What do you mean? There's some friendly, strange friendly friend here. It just says chase me. I just got to chase it. They say, listen, Fido. I had not only are you in a figment of my imagination and your tail, but I have another, you know, thing operating in there metaphorically that's like a dog chasing its. Wait, you have a dog chasing its tail, and w- wait a second, I'm chasing my tail. Yeah, yeah. well, no, only at night. During the day, it's a friendly friend that wants you to play. But at night, your friendly friend changes into your t I oh, uh, I think I just undid the dog's, but he shouldn't have told me that. How am I going to sleep now? You're telling me my tail transit Okay, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Wait, what were we talking about? Because there's a friendly friend behind me. Thank God uh, that joke's been every every movie. I'm glad you forget so fast. Uh, yeah, don't worry about it. It's time to go to bed. That the, the, the friendly friend that's wagging is was just telling me that it's so proud of you. That's why it's wagging. Oh, it doesn't want to play with me. No, it said it can't wait to play with you tomorrow after you go to sleep. Okay. Maybe I'll go to sleep then because I'm so comforted by that wagging. Uh, also, I feel like I'm wagging my tail. Weird, I'm going to go to sleep. So that's kind of what the podcast does. You know, that's like an example. Uh, like, I had to calm a figment of my own imagination there. So that's it. Like, I like I spent. I, like I started making the podcast because even ever since as a kid, I could stay up all night chasing my thoughts around, chasing my worries, running from to and fro, like, to the point where I'm like, who's chasing whom? And they'd say, I don't know. if And I'd say, okay, freaking language brain, get the strunk out of here, and uh, that's it. it. It just made a cheap joke so I could do like, it like that distracted that part of my brain. So I've been there. I mean, I think everybody deserves a good night's sleep, and it's not easy for some of us. And for some people that us in the show, the show's, I'm going to be here to keep you company, so you don't need to fall asleep, and if you can't, you shouldn't worry about it. I'll be here uh, giving it my all to the very end. On top of that, we have 500-something shows in the archives. So as they say to the most intros, is like, a, I don't know how you found the show. It doesn't work for everybody. I hope it works for you. Give it a few tries. That's what most reviewers say. If it doesn't work for you, I'm sorry. Uh, but I'm glad you're here. I really hope I really yearn I can help you fall asleep. Thanks for stopping by. Alright, everybody, we're uh, talking about season six, episode twenty, the chase—not uh, the paper chase, but the chase—and I think this came out in 1993. I don't have it in front of me, but it actually uh, it, this was an interesting episode because it's really almost like a, a two very distinct episodes in one—one one, this uh, uh, father figure thing with Picard and. Yeah, then the, the, the chase part. Uh, so I don't know how to how exactly. Uh, I didn't maybe I didn't watch it enough to tie it all together. Uh, but it does have Picard's love of uh, ar- of uh, archaeology and artifacts, which I lo- like. I love his love uh, and his I appreciate his appreciation. So really enjoyable from that aspect. Also, I think there's a character that we get to see in person that we've heard named before. And again a character they say, well, I don't know I don't know if that character and I would get along very well. And then if you and, and, you know and then uh, some really good some really good ni- nice moments. and I haven't spent a lot of time in season six or season seven, so it's interesting dipping my toes in these later episodes. Uh, this one was very uh talky based there's a lot of talking in this episode and I don't know if it was uh, if that's true or not to be honest it's just my observation and even though there were maybe there's only one location so maybe that was why I felt like it was so talky I don't I don't know uh, and maybe there's more close-ups in these later seasons and um, Let's let's get talking about this episode. It opens uh, with the captain's log. Uh, also, there's a very cool uh, uh, purple things in the distance. I'm rewinding it because they had it playing uh, in the captain's log. They're going to visit. Oh yeah, some very cool uh, like star clusters or something. They're going to the Volterra Nebula, Stellar Nursery, and uh, they're going to watch these protostars in development. Baby stars. We get a shot of the bridge is very busy. Data's like, yeah, we're all done with what we've been working on. And Ricard goes, okay, great. And then uh, number one calls them to the observation lounge. Uh, Ricard goes in there, it's dark. and he walks in. First of all, when, as soon as he walks in, there's like a like an airline arrival and departures type board on the right. Uh, but then there's some light shining down at a table. And Picard goes, oh, my God. Uh, and then a voice comes from the background. Can you identify what that is? And Picard goes, you know, like Professor Galen. And Picard kind of, his arms are at his side. He's uh. He's, like, a little bit stunned. At first, you see Riker is hiding with someone in the shadows, So, while Picard's looking over the object, uh, and then he's, like, surprised at your old teacher, Professor Galen, Galen, uh, guest-bearing artifacts. And then we get, like, uh, they, you know, they kind of do some niceties. Yeah, I want to surprise you, uh. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I got to do, so we got to talk business, too. Now that, you know, my star pupil's like uh, the master of the stars. And Picard shakes his hand. He's like so happy he's there. And then they talk about the artifact, and Picard really gets down. He goes, "She I never thought I'd see this uh, ever. Kalurian uh, Naskios or something. And he's like, geez, is this sort of the Fifth Dynasty? And the teacher's like, hmm, I don't know. Uh, and there's a the whole thing about his rank. He doesn't want to call he calls him Mr. Picard instead of Captain Picard. And Picard goes, yeah, I think this is Fifth Di- Dynasty. And then he moves it around. He goes to surface ornamentation. And then Picard goes, no way. There's These eyes are green and they're closed. Uh he goes, this is third dynasty. He goes, this can't be, this is from the workshop of the master of uh, T- Tarquin Hill. Tarquin Hill, I think he says. And Picard's like, well, you wouldn't believe it. This is this dude had his first ceramic, it was 300 years ahead of their time, ceramic objects. Uh, he goes, it was, all we know is the work. We never knew who it was. Uh, this thing's 12,000 years old. P- Professor Galen just put in his pocket a... Uh, Planet Curl and Riker's like, it's pretty far out there. And Vera goes, You're right. What are you doing? Like, stealing Curly and artifacts. Uh, and Galen goes, Well, you know, you know me, Jean Luc. Uh, can't resist. I uh, got these fast fingers. Uh, and then Riker goes, You got to be kidding me. This is a complete uh, ceramic thing. And then he opens it, and uh, inside of these little objects, kind of like a you have to see it. It's like a big, um, uh, I don't know, you, like I'm not good at describing stuff. Uh, similar to Russian nesting dolls, but instead there's inside there's a community of individuals. Like, oh, but this is good for the opening. Because uh, it's like a big, like almost like a bust that's kind of like a like a pot or something. And inside are all these little uh, kind of like weevil wobbles. And Ricard goes to the Curlians, uh, believed that the individual was a community of individuals. Like inside their head was many voices, each with their own, de- like brain bots. This was the first brain bot discovery, each with their own desires and their own view of the world. And it's it very rare, rare to find these all together, like with the figurines and everything. Ricard kind of looks at the little figures. And he goes, unbelievable. And then Galen goes, well, I stole it for you. Uh, it, you know, He goes, it's a gift to you, Jean-Luc. Uh, and Ricard goes, oh, I can't take this. He goes, yeah, you can, Mr. Picard Accept it graciously. And then Ricard goes, well, we got to hang. Uh, how long are you going to be here for? Ricard's like, well, he's getting on a shuttle tomorrow, Vulcan shuttle, for two days. Uh, Ricard goes, that's not enough time. And then Galen goes, we, we might have some more time. I'm on an important expedition into unexplored and historical territory. And I intend to take you with me. Uh, let's see, anything else? Uh, oh, got whispered. Like I liked how he whispered the master of uh, Highland Hall or whatever, the master uh, ceramic dude. Also, just a heads up, the professor tends to be a grouch. But then the episode opens, the captain's log, uh, supplemental. 30 years since I saw my professor. I don't know if we saw Professor Galen on the episode we saw with the young Luc, Luke. Uh, but he goes, oh, man, this takes me back uh, this time with the professor to another life I almost had. And they're in ten forward, Picard's got a Earl Grey. Galen has like a pink drink. Uh, Professor Galen's arms are crossed, a leather vest. And no, uh, then I put no. More like a, a burlap over jumper, or maybe overalls. I don't know why I called it an over jumper. And uh, Picard goes, "Geez, you've been you haven't been writing as much and publishing. Is that because you have whatever you got a uh, tenure?" Uh, he goes, you, you're all mysterious. Uh, and Galen goes, yeah, and I got more popular. The more mysterious I get, the more popular I get. uh Bikert goes, everyone loves a good mystery. And uh, yeah, Galen goes, well, sometimes. Uh, and he goes, Picard goes, so what's, what have you been up to? And Galen goes, do you know what micropaleontology is? And the, he goes, as a matter of fact, Scoots was talking about microfossils when he was at a Little Brea tar tarpids. Uh, so I is that like that? And he go, the Galen goes, Yep, uh, microscopic fossil records. Uh, he goes, I thought it like they gave it up after Scooch talked about it. They said, you know, you embarrassed all the micropaleontologists. paleontologists.' Uh, and Galen goes, Well, I've been working on it and uh, it's become my life's work and I'm ready to almost ready to announce my findings. Uh But not yet. Uh, If you want to, because Picard's like, you got to tell me. He goes, it's going to come with a price. You got to come with me on my final part of my journey. And then you want to talk about unpaleontology. Picard goes, Helen, because three months, well, maybe a year. He goes, if I had a starship, it'd be weeks. Uh, But I only have my shuttle. And, you know, just the the shuttle and the two of our talents. And the goes, why do you need my help? And he he goes, well, I'm not a young man, Jean-Luc. He goes, it's going to be hazards. I don't want any inadequacy to jeopardize, you know, getting this done. And the goes, well, I'm deeply honored, but, uh, you know, I'm the commander of a starship. Uh, I have responsibilities. the guy goes, to history, and he goes, what about the dude that discovered the city of Troy or— the woman that when she first stepped on Yassim, he goes, how could anything compare to those? And Picard goes, can I sleep on it? And he goes, Galen goes, dream not of today, Mr. Picard. And Picard goes, dream not of today. That was the night blessing of the Yash El. And he goes, yeah, you got that question wrong on the final. And Picard goes, well, I've been around the block now, Professor Uh he goes, by the way, enjoy the enterprise while you're here. And Galen goes, thank you. And he goes, Dream not of today. Which is weird, because my you know, I introduced my daughter to the musical You're in Town. We've been listening to that a lot. And one of the punchlines is Dream of Today. Let me see. I didn't, also, I didn't like the big assumptions this Galen was making in his hard sell. And whatever, they have a handshake at the end. Uh, there's also another pyramid clock radio on the table of their 10 for table and 10 forward. Uh, then we have Picard kicking it uh, like uh, he's like just kicking back with the artifact, uh, drinking his tea. And it's time for breakfast with Beverly. She rolls in. And Ricard's got his artifact there, and she she pours some tea, and she goes, What's up, dude? You look like you've been up all night. And Ricard goes, Yeah, I talked to Galen. He wants me to leave the Enterprise and go on an adventure with him. It could be a year. And Crusher goes, Well, it could be tempting. And Ricard goes, I can't leave the Enterprise, but it did make me feel regret already. And Crusher goes, Hey, you could have been an archaeologist and not a captain. He goes, no. I'm not sure, sorry for the path I chose, uh, but he goes. Uh, he goes. Uh, this was. A, he didn't catch this. But he, he goes. Uh, this. This thing the professor gave me. He didn't choose it. Choose it at random. This uh, statue with many figures inside, many voices. He. The professor knows my weak spots. That the past calls to me, and this gift is a reminder. And Beverly goes, well, what about the final frontier, space? Uh, Doesn't that count for anything? And Kirk goes, yeah, I wouldn't trade it for that, but uh, I just wish I could say, I just wish I didn't didn't have to say no to him. And Kirk goes, are you too close? He goes, yeah, he goes, you know, my father was a jerk, you know, the French guy with the uh, sour grape face. He goes, I don't know if you've ever seen him on the holodeck. He's a bit like my brother, never understood me. And we didn't follow in his footsteps, or I didn't. You know, my brother did. He goes, uh, he goes with this. He was the, this guy. He was the father that understood me, and his kids didn't follow him. So I was like the son that understood him. And Crusher goes, yeah. And now you got to turn your back on him. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I wish we never crossed paths. To be honest, this is tough. And I thought that was a powerful moment. Uh, Then Picard rolls into Galen, like some computer lab, and Galen's still making a big assumption that Picard's going 100%. And Picard's like, I'm not going, dude. And Galen is stunned, and uh, Picard is very assertive. I liked how he asserted himself to the father who starts complaining and shaming him. He calls Picard a dull and bloated dilettante or something. And then he says, no, no, you just... He goes, this is a chance of a lifetime. Uh, don't make the same mistake twice. Uh, that was earlier when Picard's asserting... He's like, I'm sorry, Professor. Uh, I have a commitment to this ship and actually enjoy it. Uh, and he goes, you're just, you know, a tool of Starfleet, a Roman centurion... Uh, you know you know, Roaming around And he goes I'm a scholar dude He goes You're a dilettante That's when he calls him A dilettante uh, And he goes They gave you a chance Once to become A great archaeologist And you were You know you, you didn't have The gusto He goes You could have outshone Even me Jean-Luc uh, But you just had to Reject a life Of profound discovery I mean that's pretty uh, Hypocritical and Picard tries to talk back, and the guy he fights back tears and doesn't let John uh talk, and then he says, w- are you going to come with me? He tries like a little, uh, and Picard goes, no. So he even, like, you know when you don't want someone to say no. We've all been through the both sides of this. He, like, cries in his hand, and he asks one more time, and Picard goes, no, 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 I asserted myself. And he goes, okay, goodbye then. And he just walks, like, he kind of gives Picard the cold shoulder. And then we have, I think we had an ad break there. And then we have a captain's log. They're done, and they got to go to uh, At- Atalia 7 for a conference. Uh, the like, yeah, I'm feeling a little down. And they're on the deck, and then Troy says, hey, why don't we go for a walk in the Arboretum? You know, clear your mind. And then they're, they're like, Gal- Professor Galen's got a call coming in, emergency and Galen's like, yeah, I got a iridium destroyer messing with me, and they see some, like, uh, lasers going, and there's a WTF moment, uh, oh, no, they phase the ship, uh, the, the, like, there's lasers exchanged, and the other ship, like, goes, uh, bye-bye, and everyone's like, what, WTF, You just vanished, uh, then they tra- transport Galen to sick bay. He goes to Picard goes down there, Beverly's like, there's nothing I could do. He's at the big farm, or he's almost there. And then he says, Jean-Luc, his last words are, Jean-Luc, I was too harsh, man. Sorry about that. And then he's out, uh, like, you know, out good. And then there's a zoom to Picard who's grimacing, uh, like, you know. Then there's an ad break, uh. And we have Picard and Geordi and Data. Jordy hands up like a P-A-D-D, you know, pad to Picard. And Jordy Data, and War for helping Picard kind of break the case. Uh, okay, they're trying to download something from his computer. Good use to download. Uh, and Professor Galen tried to, like, you know, uh, scramble the files or whatever you call it. What do you call it? Whatever you call that. Uh, what you do to files. Uh and Jordy's like, we can reconstruct some stuff. There's just like, we found all these numbers, 19 blocks and numbers like this. Uh, and Jordy stands against uh, like a board of numbers. Uh, and Ricardo goes, What do you mean? The data goes, Well, anything. He goes, We could search. But he goes, It's really going to be hard to search for, uh, it's going to take a lot of computing to figure it out. Oh, and then Geordi uh, goes, we tried to decrypt it, but we couldn't do that. Uh, we can't figure out the, what kind of encryption Galen was using. And Worf goes, did the Euridians get this? Jordy goes, some of them. I don't know how many, though. And Picard goes, huh, why did Euridians know what's going on with the professor? That's weird. And Geordi goes, well, it's weird that their ship, like, uh, like vanished, too. And Ricker goes, well, the Euridians are information dealers. Maybe they were sending them to somebody. And Ricker goes, where was Galen before he got here? And they go, uh, RUA-4. And Ricker goes, how far away is that? And Data goes, four days. And Ricker goes, conference can wait. Let's go to rua uh, no other ships, uh, Ricard. Uh, oh, then Ricard's like standing, looking out the window. The crew is silent. Uh, that's then he says the conference can wait. Uh, uh, set a course. Uh, then we see a planet. Then we're on the bridge. Data's looking at Riker and Ricard, who are on either side of him. Or Data's looking at the computer. Ricard's arms are crossed. Riker's got his knee up. And they're talking about in whatever, right, whatever Indra 8 or something, uh, Rule 4. Uh, why do I have Indra 8 written down? Oh, Indra 8, yeah. Uh, this is like the next planet. They said, well, geez, where was he headed next or something? uh, oh, yeah, he was headed from, uh, for Deep Space 4 and then, uh, to, uh, uh the Indra eight and then goes, What do we know about that? Maybe we should check it out. And he goes, Ricard goes, let's go. And Riker actually stands up. He goes, with all due respect, he goes, This is our dead end, boss. Uh we gotta get to that conference and I'll tell you seven. And Ricard goes, Listen, I'm aware of the timetable number one. Uh but there's connection here. I'm gonna find it. And Rickard Riker goes, Aye aye, sir. Lay course for Endry 8 or Warp 7. Uh, yeah, like, Picard gives out the orders. And Picard's in his office. Troy walks in. ricard has got his T and his computer. She goes, how's it going? He goes, well, you guys have got all these numbers and blah, blah, blah. She goes, how's this going with you? And Ricard goes, well, if only I'd gone with the cab, you know, my teacher, he wouldn't have been in trouble. And she goes, come on. Troy goes, you can't think like that. Uh, it's not true. You have a career, a lifelong career. It was the right decision. Ambricard goes, "Hey, yeah, I know." And Troy goes, "I know you want to bring the professor back, but staring at this numbers isn't going to help. But we've got to get to this conference." Uh, Ambricard gets up, he stretches uh, at some point. I don't know, maybe that's before, but he I liked how he stretched. Uh, and he goes, listen, this isn't just me on a like a guilt trip. Uh, he goes, uh, he goes, there's something going on here, and it's not going to be in vain. I'll take full responsibility. Uh, like he kind of shuts it down, and uh, she goes, okay, Captain, and. It reminded me of, uh, what was that, uh, what did I put, Sophia, uh, something, good day, sir, or what was that from, uh, where people say, good day, sir, uh, I can't remember writing, maybe my daughter said it too, but, uh, since Roy walks out and Picard just holds his tea and size, uh, yeah uh, then Wharf uh, Riker, Picard, and Data are on the bridge, uh, and, uh, like, uh. Data's uh, got some weird, uh, they're they're outside in and there's there's some weird stuff going on, weird global plasma reaction. uh, And Picard goes, What do you mean? And then he goes, All life is being, uh, all organic matter is being knocked out there. And there's a zoom to Picard and an ad break. And Riker's like, Why would anyone get rid of the organic matter? Uh, And then they go, Well, geez, so everything on the planet. And then Ricard goes, Well, maybe that's it. Organic matter was what the number blocks are. And Data goes, Let's just search for that, uh, just organic stuff. And David Ricard goes, Let's go to the lab. Uh, and then Beverly was like, Dude, WTF, it was DNA or RNA. It, it was right in front of us. Uh, and she goes, Look at it. And it's all coming together into a subway map. And then a subway map of DNA kind of comes up. And regards like what could this like uh, like uh, what is this uh, what could it possibly be and then they go down and Jordy Ge- looks at it. he goes oh this is an algorithm uh, from four billion years ago and he goes this, he goes this is something he goes this is something he goes they can tell you know from from you know, programming and if goes so four billion years ago someone put a bunch of random DNA, into, like, uh, 19 planets because so, there's, like, 19 planets on the subway map of uh, DNA. And it, it, then they start doing exposition. Like, there was a DNA that founded all 19 of those civilizations. And Crusher's like, why would someone do that? And Ricard's like, well, what is the, like, rest of the algorithm? And it, well, we wouldn't know until we have all the pieces. All the DNA will make the algorithm work uh, somehow. And we there has to be a couple other worlds we still have to track down then he uh, goes, how many people on this ship are from like' they sound like they're invading privacy. say so how many people aren't from the Federation on the ship 19 people? And they say okay, go get their DNA and you know, let's check that and see if we have anything. And Rickard goes, it must be a four billion years old computer program, highly advanced civilization. And it's hidden in the fabric of life itself, because this could be the most profound discovery of our time or trouble. And the professor must have known that. And uh, It's just lots of, like, it looked how they were handing off exposition. They were almost in a circle. It was like uh, Jordy, uh, Crusher, uh, Picard, and Data. And they were almost in a circle. Just Jordy was kind of stuck in the middle of everybody. But they just have of handing off the exposition, so everyone's doing a little piece. Uh, and at the end, there's a slow zoom into Picard, as he's saying, like, uh, you know, about the profound discovery. Then at 25 minutes, there's a close-up of a pad. Really good special effects. Holy cow. I don't know how they did these effects. 1991. Very impressive. Uh, and Picard and Crusher are stumped, and... Uh, even Earl Grey can't help it, uh, and they say, okay, we better get some sleep, uh, and if uh, Ricard goes, even a stolen artifact isn't able to, he's like holding one piece of artifact in his hand, uh, he goes, even that can't help, uh, but then Ricard uh, is holding the thing in his hand, he says, wait a second, I have an idea. He goes. What about uh? He goes the curl the curlians. Uh, what if this is the the clue here? Uh, and they go. Okay, yeah. There's a Lauren three. It's the only curlian planet that could support life. Uh, and they go. Okay. There's no Lauren three sample uh, on the shuttle. Maybe uh, he he had it and someone took it. And if the card goes data, get to Lauren 3, maximum warp. Uh, yeah, then they put then there's a you know they show the Enterprise. Then they go into uh, uh, let's see, collect maximum warp. Uh, then they go in, and as soon as they enter the orbit, they're like battle stations. There's Cardassians here, and everyone's like, "What Cardassians?" I said, "No Cardassians." And there's a pretty good uh, on and off. There's two Cardassian ships, uh, and they're hailing them. And Picard, David Picard goes, it's a goal set or something. And she says, uh, who are you? What do you want? Uh, and David Picard goes, I'm John luc Picard, Federation Starship Enterprise. I don't have to answer to you. Cardassians have no claims in this sector. And she goes, yeah, I suppose not, but uh, there's two ships to one, so maybe you should come back. Uh, and we're no, no, we're on a scientific mission. Don't mess with us. And she goes, then you could take a delay uh, for a few days and then withdraw. And then Worf goes, there's a Klingon vessel coming in here. Uh, and the Klingon goes, this is Matata or something. What are you doing here? And then it goes to an ad, you know, it goes to, oh, boy, everybody's here. Then we have a captain's log. We have four ships on a showdown. Uh, and Picard says, we have not one but two competitors to complete Galen's puzzle. Uh, and I'm trying to meet with the Cardassian and the Klingon. And then there's, like, this cool camera move that zooms in on the um, back of the Enterprise. Uh, as you see, the four ships. Uh, then we're in the meeting with Ricard. The Kardashian's standing. Her arms are hanging, going on sitting, kicked back, uh, fist on the table. And everyone's, like, acting like, uh, why are you here? Oh, scientific research. Oh, totally, to the max. And Ricard goes, well, why don't we just be honest with each other? Because we're not going to get anywhere with deception. We all know about Galen's research. Uh... And the DNA fragments, uh, and they don't say anything. He goes, okay, I'll take silence as confirmation. And he goes, do you have a sample from below? And the, the Kardashian goes, yep, and I'm not giving it up. Uh, and uh, K- on goes, we're not afraid of Kardashians. Uh, and Bikar goes, you have one from injury eight. And he goes, oh, yeah, I got one from injury eight. And that's it, uh. He goes, they got rid of all the organic matter, the whole biosphere. And the Kardashian says, typical Klingon like, thinking, take what you want, destroy the rest. And Kirk goes, well, we're all missing some fragments. We're not the same ones. If we combine our work, uh, you know, w- w- if we don't work together, we'll never learn the secret of the program. And the Klingon says, well, it's a weapon, so we don't want anybody to have it, uh, friend or enemy. And the Kardashian says, no, it's an energy source. Uh, and McGregor goes, well, if we don't assemble it, we won't know what it is. Uh, and it could be a recipe for biscuits. Uh, and the Kardashian, he didn't realize biscuits were tried, uh, like uh, whatever, cross cultural, this cross cultural. But he goes, hey, if you want biscuits, I give you my mom's Klingon biscuits. And they go back and forth, and Picard just raises his voice. He goes, with, without cooperation, we're not going to get anywhere. Also, I like to all the swagger of uh, the Klingon. Like, if someone with the biscuits sends Picard off And when he raises his voice, he goes, let's just share what we have. So then they go down to the lab, and they all add their samples into the computer. And the subway map starts to come together. The Kardashian was moving her eyes a lot uh, while Picard was talking. And they're like, okay, we're missing one piece. And Crusher's like, okay, we could uh, have the computer figure out. uh, Because Picard's like, this is a jigsaw puzzle. We just got to figure out what the missing thing is. Uh, And Crusher's like, the computer could figure it out. Uh, So they say it'll take a couple hours. And then they say, okay, everybody wait on board and we'll figure it out. And then, uh, this is like the highlight of the episode, 32 minutes, do yourself a favor and watch it, uh, uh, 10 forward, we're, at, we're in 10 forward, the Klingon strolls in, the first thing you see is a woman in a green and peach, uh, neon outfit who crosses the screen, and then the Klingon rolls up on Data, who's like sitting working on a pad, uh, at, you know, at a table, uh, and it's just a really hilarious uh, scene. You know, the, the, the dude goes, hey, what's up? And he goes, well, I was just sitting here chilling. And uh, the dude goes, you know, uh, uh, the computer still processing that stuff. And the Klingon goes, I heard you're very strong. He goes, do you ever, like, do the Klingon arm wrestling? Uh, even the Klingons know how tough you are. You know, the Baha'i ghoul or whatever... And Data goes, I am familiar with many Klingon rituals, including the Baha'i Ghoul, which is like a kind of arm wrestling with two arms. Uh, and the Klingon stands to challenge Data. He's still working. Then he just puts the things down and, you know, beats the guy without even, uh, you know, batting an eye in a split second. And the guy goes, my talk. Uh, and then he headbutts Data. And that doesn't work. Uh, and Data goes like he bounces back. Very comedic. Very, very comedic. Uh, Data goes, you know, I'm made from a poly alloy. Uh, you know, we got carbon fiber in here and duranium. And at first, it's like, going on like just gets uh, he looks irritated. Then he like raises his hands. He's so pleased. He like almost cheers. It's really funny. And he's laughing. He goes, yeah. he goes you're smart too. He goes you should become a Klingon. He goes, you know, if this works out, if you can get us the DNA stuff early, you could join the Klingon Empire, you could be a king. And Data goes, Are You bribing me? And he goes, No, 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 no. He goes you just it'd be great working with you. Someone with your being would go far. And Daddy goes, That's a bribe. You implied a reward, uh, and then the dude goes, never mind, never mind, not at all. And Data goes back to work. Uh, then Geordi, we're in the uh, um, engineering, and he knows he go, he sees something's wrong on his screen. He goes, what in the hell? And he goes, uh, Captain, I think you should show something. But then there's a piece missing, like they skip over a part. And then we see the ships in space. We're back to the lab. Beverly, the Klingon, Captain Picard, and the Kardashian. Kardashian. Like, okay, the results are coming in. Uh, DNA fragment is in uh, Sector 21459, Ramazad system. And then the Kardashian immediately, uh, like, energizes out, and then the uh, Kardashian ships, like, try to shut down the engines of the Enterprise and the Klingon ship. We go to commercial. Also, the ships shoot out of their butt. The Kardashian ships, they do. They shoot their lasers out of their butts. They have butt lasers. And then we find out that Worf and Riker are on the slide, are like uh, on the bridge. They go, oh, totally. Our, you know, our ship is totally uh, helpless now. Uh, but then Riker, Klingon, and Crusher come onto the bridge, and they totally had played... Uh, They go, okay, we totally faked, like, where ships went out. We just used the inertial dampers. And coming on, it's like, good thing your uh, engineer caught that. He reminds me a lot of the Birdman in the original Flash Gordon movie. Uh, But then he goes, Opa or or something. He calls the ship. He says, is our ship ready to go? They go, no, we didn't do the inertial dampers. Uh, We got to fix something. And he goes, "What?" And goes, "Well, you can come on our ship." Uh, he goes, "We still have everything." Uh, Topa, I think, is what he says. Uh, so, the, and they go, "Because we gave the wrong address to the uh, Kardashians, but they're going to figure that out pretty fast." Uh, so then they say, "Head to the Valmorian, Vol-Morian, Vol-Morian system." So they head there. Data's like, "Okay, there's only none of the planets have life, but." Uh, one had an ancient ocean, now dry, and it may have supported life once. Uh, we can't tell from long-range sensors, so they got to transport down. And Riker goes, "Okay." So then we see uh, Picard, Crusher, and uh, the um, Worf, and the uh, and other Klingon dude. They they go down to this planet. They're in a the canyon. And they're looking through the canyon, uh, like, uh, looking around. It's a, like uh, like old rocks uh, searching for some organic matter. Uh, then the Kardashians transport in. And they go, oh, we got company. And he goes, so you guys are Tova's, too. You're dishonorable Tova's. Uh, then the Romulans show up, four Romulans, uh, ready to go. So it's a total showdown and everyone's arguing, uh, when Jesus, you were following us and on the reward and, uh, like we're going to, if we don't get it, no one gets it. Meanwhile, Beverly's like, Hey Sean, look, we could scrape something off the walls, uh, this is ancient seabed. So while everyone's arguing or saying, well, should we compromise or argue, uh, Beverly and, uh, like they get some fossils off the seabed and put them in, uh, a thing, even, uh, like, uh, because everyone's like, I'm not going to lose, you know, and Worf, uh, the dude is like, Worf, you and I are going to go out like rolling, uh, because they're like you know I can't trust a Klingon I can't trust a Romulan I can't trust a Cardassian can't trust a human. Uh, meanwhile, Beverly and John Luke load up the pad or whatever the um whatever equipment they have I forgot what it's called and uh, uh it starts reprogramming it uh it modifies the diode emitter and starts projecting and it projects this humanoid uh in all white. And she's, uh, she looks like she was speaking like she was the narrator of a theme park ride at W, like in Epcot Center in Walt Disney World. Uh, she has no ears or hair, very deep set eyes. She has teeth, very fashionable boots, white boots, uh, and kind of reddish brown skin. And then she kind of does the whole exposition. She says, basically, yeah, we're ancient uh, race of uh, humanoids. And long ago, you know we were you know we ran this galaxy and we explored everywhere, and we were the best, and we could do everything, we realized we uh, wouldn't last forever. So we seeded the primordial or- oceans of many worlds where life was in its infancy with uh, seed codes uh, that uh, directed the evolution towards a form resembling ours. Uh, she goes, so, so we can, you can all share uh, something. And we also put the secret message in there, and the message is uh, fellowship. She goes, it's like the Lord of the Ring, fellowship of the ring, fellowship and companion. We wanted to bring everyone together. Because she goes, if you look at me, you could see, you know, if you're hearing me, that's our dream come true. You're a monument not to greatness, uh, but to existence. Uh, we wanted you to know life uh, and to keep alive our memory. So, you know, remember L-O-V-E is, uh, is what we're all about. Uh, and she disappears. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Uh, because if that wasn't just a projector, I would totally, you know, melt that thing. It was the idea that, and then the, the the idea that Kardashian and Klingon would have anything in common, and then Picard goes, "Let's get out of here." So then they Picard and Beverly and Worf head back to the Enterprise, and then we see like uh, it's a captain's log. Uh, you know, by the way, we overused our high warp, uh, so we got to do some minor repairs uh, before we head back. Uh, and then we have breakfast with Beverly yet again. And Beverly really slammed her tea in on this one and stretched. Uh, uh, she goes, Jesus, the a shame but Professor Galen didn't get to see this. And the guy goes, yeah, I don't think anyone would have appreciated it more. I was like, are you talking about that grouch at the beginning of the episode? He didn't seem to appreciate anything. And Beverly goes, well, if it wasn't for you, this you know, following his dream, the puzzle wouldn't have been solved. You left him a wonderful legacy. And Brigard goes, yeah, but it fell on deaf ears, I think. And she goes, well, you never know. And then she slams, that's when she slams her teeth. She goes, I got to get my day started. And Brigard goes, both of us. And she goes, see you this afternoon. And then Riker goes, you got a call from a Romulan. And then the Romulan's like, hey, John, we're headed out uh, till next time. And Ricard goes, until next time. And the Romulan goes, you know, I guess we're not that dissimilar uh, in our hopes and in our fears. And Ricard goes, yeah. And then the Romulan goes, well, perhaps one day. And Ricard goes, one day. And, uh, they, you know, they can kind of say, well, okay, season six, let's get some hope. Remember A New Hope? Don't you remember? Oh, no, that was a different uh, show. And every card kind of picks up one of the figures uh, in his hand. I like the in- in-transmission thing on the screen. But he slowly picks up one of the figures from inside the uh, sculpture and holds it very uh, gently with two hands, and the camera kind of zooms. And then he holds it with one hand and, like, kind of holds it to his lips uh, as he thinks. uh, And the episode comes to a close. Uh, So good night.